Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we are in, where are we? Scottsdale, Arizona. <laughs> got Cody Nelson here and I've got Jared Bernstein of Vortex Optics. Guys, how you doing? Awesome, Jay. Thanks for having us. Excellent. Yeah, yeah thanks, Jay. Looking forward to chatting with you, Jared. Uh, I want to start kind of <laughs> with know, you. You not knowing where you're at, you got turkey on the brain is what oh, I'm thinking. Oh, buddy, I'm, we're going to stack up you some feathers. You didn't even now. know you were in my house right then. We are going <laughs> to stack up some feathers here in about a week. The games are going to begin, and there's going to be nothing but feathers floating from south of the border up here. Is Dar going to bring his new uh, his new dog and train him up right on turkeys? He might. <laughs> he just might. Jared, how you doing? Excellent. Excellent. I want to give you a chance here to uh, let the listeners know a little bit about you. Jared Bernstein, been with Vortex since 2015. Uh, you're a Marine. Thanks for your service. Correct. Thank you. Uh, deployed in 2010, and you're the Territory Account Manager. Let's go a little deeper than that. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, how you got into the Vortex position, a uh, little background on hunting, uh, you know, whatever it may be. Absolutely. Yeah. First of all, thanks for having me, Jay and, and Cody. This is going to be a, this will be a neat time together. Um, I grew up in on the East Coast in South Jersey, the part of New Jersey with cornfields and soybeans, not nice. fist, fist pumping and slick back hair, but I uh, grew up in a family full of people that didn't hunt. And the uh, fastest way out of New Jersey was the Marine Corps. So the day after high school, I signed up for that. No kidding. And ended up doing that deployment and ended up uh, going, having a little injury and got out of the Marine Corps and chased a girl out here to Arizona and ended up uh, working at a firearms retailer, fell in love with the industry. Um, but truth be told, didn't really discover the part of the industry I loved until the Vortex gig came across. Um, and then I was going into all these archery shops and found out that there was a way cooler group of people than, than <laughs> the black gun world. And, and I'll stand on that pedestal and take my lashes. But um, I fell in love with the people that were that were archery hunting and, and bought my first bow. And, and now I just can't I can't put it down, can't get away from it. So, so you're a huge archer? Uh, I wouldn't say huge, but I'm aspiring to be. Good. So good. So do you hunt with firearms as well? I do. As, as you know, as tags are available and as we play the patience game, I'll, I'll take any rifle tag I can get, but it's about every 10 years for me. It's a rarity. It's for sure. It's I got plen- a cow tag I can sell you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I did hear that. <laughs> I did hear that. You know, um, just meeting you for the first time and don't take this wrong, but you don't strike me as someone that's from New Jersey. I try my I, best to accomplish that. I Jay. don't hear I the do. accent. Yeah. I, I, and I've known you for what? Three year, four, four. four you're trying to forget the first year. That's okay. Yeah, but four. No, yeah, yeah, no, four years. Yeah, I, I didn't. I don't think I knew that you were from New Jersey. No, I. Uh, and when I was in the Marine Corps, I was stationed in South Carolina, and so I did develop a little bit of an accent during uh-huh. that time. And then I have since kind of just leveled out. There and you go. But I do. I try not to tell too many people about the New Jersey thing. <laughs> Being a Marine and you know spending time in the Marine Corps and serving your country, as far as how have things that you learned in your in your life doing that to moving forward with vortex optics how has that helped you there are aspects of the marine corps and the military in general that have helped um you know with chain of command and, and just buckling down and, and maybe taking a project on that you may not be totally excited about but that's the job and that's what you need to do so put your head down accomplish the mission kind of attitude is is beneficial um, and then there's been obstacles where in the marine corps you can kind of say your thing and, and do your thing and maybe be a little bit violent or assertive and, and that's not necessarily appropriate in this world so um, it taught me it taught me uh, confidence and it taught me how to buckle down and listen to what needs to be done but it also taught me how not to act 
um, sure. and showed me an example of kind of how not to succeed in this world. So it's kind been of filter on, filter off type of thing. Absolutely. There has to be a light switch or you're not going to succeed. Yeah. So. Well, we'll get back to more with you in a second. Cody Nelson, optics manager, glass and guru, um, optics manager at gohunt.com. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, bud. Looking forward to having a chat here. I know a lot of the J. Scott Outdoors podcast listeners have a lot of questions about Vortex. I know we have a lot of um, listeners that use Vortex Optics. Uh, we put out there on my Instagram and got a slew of questions in, so we're going to answer a bunch of those awesome. in the second part of that. Uh, from yeah, a perspective of GoHunt.com, the optics department, uh, you've had a relationship with Vortex Optics. Talk a little bit about the uh, calls that come in from customers and, and you know, we, your relationship you know, with Jay, Vortex. They've been doing this, uh, you know, really well for a long time, and they have a good product, you know, uh, great people, great warranty. Um, and the fact of it is, is that, you know, we do. We, I, a lot of my day is spent fielding, you know, calls on, on Vortex product. And uh, it's, you know, I'm just glad to have Jared here and be able to have this kind of a discussion and open and, and talk about all the different, you know, products, rifle scopes, binoculars, rangefinders. Um, you know, and I'm just excited about uh, this prospects to come. And, and we got some new stuff coming on board and, um, you know, with our footprint with Vortex. So I'm excited about that. And I suppose this should be, I guess we can announce, I mean, it's, you're, you're, you're you're my rep now so. absolutely yeah excited and about it, it it made sense and I'm for most sorry jared <laughs> we can well, if we got a pause button on this thing the, we'll talk about it honestly the <laughs> funnier part was is that you know i think before i hadn't seen you in a while and before the show season we kind of had that blank stare going down the you know the uh the, the sheep the, show, wasn't it? The uh, airport the, the, the airport, and we were yeah. like, hey, Jared, how are you? And like, oh, you're still started alive. Talking well, you're and, still alive. And I, I didn't realize that he's our mystery ranch. Okay. You know, you know backpack uh, uh, rep with Go Hunt. So he works with Brian Campos okay. a, a lot. Uh, Campos, as, yeah. as Jay knows now. So but, I, go uh, to, I go to a sheep show, <laughs> and I'm sitting there eating breakfast with Cody and Brian. And we have a great breakfast and chatting and this and that and the other and something comes up and Cody says something about Campos and I said, I'd like to meet him too. He said, you just ate breakfast with him for an hour. I said, oh, well, you called him Brian and you always call him Campos. Yeah. That's a light switch. Though. Campos. That's professional. He, and, he and, is. And I'll tell you what, man. He's a wizard at that, that warehouse. Yeah. That's good stuff. He's a good dude. And uh, But yeah, no, I, I'm excited to have you on board. Um, it makes sense. Kill two birds with one stone, and and uh, and we've worked together in the past, and so I'm very excited about having you on, I am. on board with us. It's I am just, as well. It's a good, you know, and 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 Jake, um, at uh, at you know back at headquarters at Vortex, I, I know he's he's looking forward to it too, and and uh, but I mean he's been super good for us, and uh, again I'm just glad to have you on board. Well, we'll we'll hit on that. I mean Vortex is full of full of excellent people. Not to take away from Jake, but we got an awesome crew, so. So, Jared, uh, Vortex Optics, talk to me and the listeners a little bit about Vortex Optics, um, you know, from, uh, you know, I'm seeing them everywhere. Um, they're obviously have a good marketing campaign going. They're, they've got a handful of really good guys promoting their products. We have a bunch of the product line sitting here in front of us, and you're going to go through each one of them. But talk about 
kind of a from a thirty thousand foot view of vortex optics. Sure, sure, and and I think this will come as no surprise. the The Hamilton family that started Vortex, they were in the retail business um, specifically. They had a Wild Birds Unlimited store, and so they were selling seed okay. and feeders, and and then of course optics and everything that went along with that. Um, and they saw a gap in not only the quality or the offerings um, in the optic world, but more importantly, a gap in customer service. And that's not a stab at any one particular brand. It was an overall industry gap that they saw and subsequently thought they could fill. And I think they've proved uh, that they could fill it and that they are currently filling it very well. Um, and so their philosophy was surround themselves with like-minded people. Um, and that's me speaking as someone looking in, not necessarily them telling me to say that, but the, the team that we have and the people that they've put in positions of authority and positions of influence, like our marketing team or brand ambassadors that we work with, um, they're the kind of people that, although many of us haven't met, you put us in a room for 30 seconds and all of a sudden everyone's exchanging keys to their houses and everyone's comfortable. Um, and it's just good, solid, hardworking, honest people that care about putting the right product in the right customer's hands. And you'll get it if you call Vortex and, and you're after that that super high-end bino or that that extreme um, performance product and if it's not something that we can attain at that time or achieve for the customer you'll get a no nonsense answer and, and they'll they'll just straight tell you this is the product that'll probably work best for what you're talking about and they'll tell you you know we have aspirations to accomplish that in the future but today we may not be able to and here you go so it's just something i've always respected about the company is the people and, and I've always said, if you can't succeed with that company, you don't have a pulse because it's just a really good team to work with. So Tell it's kind me. of an, kind of an interesting kind of segue to that. A I mean, a little bit, um, you know, before, you know, when I was growing up there, there, there really wasn't a lot of places to find expert, you know, knowledge. And most of the places that I found it when I was trying to research and cause I was a gear nut and it always came from the birding industry. So the fact that they, they came out of that and, and segued in and, you know, we could probably go into that a whole lot longer, but that, you know, we, we now have, you kind of have a generation of people now that have grown up because in that, in that early nineties in you know, that mid nineties when glass really took off, you kind of have a, I mean, we, we've been doing this now for a little over, you know, 20 years, right? So let's just call it, you know, 23 or 24 years. You have a whole generation of people that are really way more educated than what it was when, when you know, when we first started hunting and doing our thing. And I just find it fascinating that they came from the, you know, the, the bird, uh, uh, you know, watching side of things, because that's, that, that's where I used to spend most of my time on, on, on anything I could get about optics and reviews. And you say uh, online and that's so you couldn't even do that. It, you literally had to go to those places and, and talk to them. And the birders were, they were, they, they knew glass as good as anybody. Period. They do. They are, they so, are very, yeah. so any, very I, I just, I just think that's an, I, I didn't, I guess I didn't. I didn't understand that. That's where they had originally come from. Was 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 the optics part of it was from birding. I, I that's awesome. The large majority of it was. Yep. Where is Vortex based out of? Uh, right now, the headquarters is in Barneveld, Wisconsin. Just just moved. They built a, a massive new state of the art facility, bringing some manufacturing um, there into Wisconsin, and it's uh, it's working out well. If you ever get a chance, you're in the area. We'd love to take you for for a tour. It's a gorgeous facility. Yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, from a grand perspective 
would you say Vortex really went after one particular segment of the market, whether it be, you know, binos, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, rangefinders? Like, was there one particular thing that they just put their sights on and that's what they went after and then they broadened from there? Sure, I'll, I'll give you what I know. And, and granted, you know, I came on the team in 2015 and so I have a, a somewhat of a small sliver of the pie to speak off of. Um, but it's always interesting hearing, and it is a family affair. Mom and dad own it. The, the boys, the four boys work for the company, and then there's people that have, have been there for 10, 12, 15 years too. But to listen to them all talk, and everyone kind of has a unique perspective on how we got there. But it's always interesting to sit in these meetings and see that, you know, 2018 red dots sold as the highest category, you know, or what it, whatever it was. And I'm not I'm not committing to that being a hard data point, but that, the business continues to evolve. And so to answer the question directly, I, I would say from my point of view, no, they really just went after that customer service and those little pieces of the market with specific binoculars that they thought could come to the market. And then that binocular took off. And so the evolution has come into what, you know, what's sitting in front of you now. Talk a little bit about, you've got your U S market guys, and then we have kind of the European market and then there's the rest of the world, but really that's kind of the three markets, unless I'm wrong generally um, speaking in optics that's the th yeah i would yeah, yes mm -hmm. and do you feel like vortex really went after the u.s market first and foremost to try and capture that niche because it seems like you know with say swarovski leica and zeiss you got the real high-end optic but there wasn't much in between correct was the U.S. kind of the target, and is it still the target of Vortex? I think it's safe to say yes. It's you know, If you look at the original products that were released, they were released to fill gaps that the family saw in their store, right? And their store was, was here in the United States. And so they went after those. And then now we do have a massive international following in business, and we have reps and distributors overseas and, and all that stuff. But uh, the U.S. market is obviously a massive priority in the current uh, but it was definitely the original goal up front from, from what I can tell. And yeah, it, it, I mean, Vortex, I mean, there was there there was a point in time there where, and I don't think this is a knock. I don't think that I, there was no middle. You you had, you know, stuff that you would buy off, you know, in a, in a blister pack. Right. And you had stuff that you would buy, you know, the, you know, like the big three and, and th th there, there wasn't a lot of choice in between. Correct. And so, it, it makes perfect sense. And that's where the thriving of the the Diamondback and the Viper series have have come from, for sure. Talk a little bit about the Vortex warranty. I hear quite a bit about it. I get quite a few questions on my Instagram stories when I'm, you know, doing Q and As and such. Um, you know, and Cody, I'd like you to weigh in as well because um, you're dealing with customers all the time. Every day. But, you know, from Vortex's perspective, talk about warranty. And, and again, you know, we're going we're gonna to bring this back and forth a couple times where it all relates back to the customer and customer service. Um, the VIP warranty, as we have named it, is, is just that, and it's an unconditional, no questions asked. We don't care what happened to it as long as it was an intentional replacement guarantee. Um, the fires that just happened in California people lost everything they owned it's a, it's an absolute tragedy but their scopes that once they were allowed back in their safes and they opened those safes up and there was melted <laughs> glocks fused with ar uppers and everything else they send us back enough pieces that we can identify that product and we were happy to 
to give them a new one. Um, in fact, they take those and there's kind of a museum there at headquarters where there's all these stories, whether it be a dog ate it and then passed it and we put it in a bag and kept it or a house fire or it fell off a mountain goat hunting or whatever it was. And so we take a lot of pride in those things. If you ever swing through the SHOT Show booth, we highlight them in, in the booths and um, we have spotting scopes that have been shot. We have a plethora of, of examples, but it is just a, a no-nonsense guarantee that if something happens, um, we have your back. Yeah, I would, I, I, and Jared, I, you know, there's, there's, you know, things that happen and, you know, nothing's ever on purpose, you know, I don't think, um, you know, if people are doing that, you know, that'll come back to them some other way someday. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is that it's, to me, with your guys' warranty, it's, it's not even just the no fault. I mean, you know, you're talking hundreds over the years, but you really just don't hear anything like, oh, my God, it took, you know, six months. And it, it it's just a fairly easy process. It's easy to get it to them. They get it back to you. Um, you know, I, I, you know, from from a from a a, a, a a salesman's approach, and I get calls once in a while, like, hey, like, you know, do I have to send these to you and then you to? You don't have to do that. No. It's just really simple. Like, hey, go on the website, go to you know, I mean, you, you know, explain to them, you help them out, and they get the address and out the door it goes. And we take a ton of pride in that. We take a ton of time, a ton it's of pride easy. in the turnaround. It is easy, it, but that, that was, that's I guess the that's, point. A, that's the point. It's, is it, is it, I think sometimes, and I, you know, you just, it's man, not a the, review process. Oh, well, it's, oh my, just, it's just, you know, you got to connect the dots and then, you know, what if a guy's, what if it's 20 years old? Well, no. And, and if it's 20 years old, you have your receipts from a binocular that you bought 20 years. I mean, so you start doing some of that. And the buyer's just like, I just literally, like, I'll pay for the repair, but I just want to get it repaired. And the bottom line is, is I'm not naming names and not mentioning, but the point is, is it doesn't have to be that hard. No, I And I, I think I you win people over and over and over again. Not by giving away the farm, but just by taking care of them. Having their back. It's a very simple concept. And the people that work in our repair department and the consumer sales team that calls you and troubleshoots the product with you on the phone after, let's say, a, a repairman can't duplicate an issue. Sure. They are the most patient people in the company. They're, they're, they're incredible to work with. And they have to be. And to their credit, they have to be. Because when you invest in something, if you invest in, a, in a, let's say, a $1,000 binocular, and it fails you on a hunt that you waited eight years to draw a tag out here in the West, right? If you're having issues and you run back to camp and you call that consumer sales guy on a Tuesday and you've been hunting three days hard, now this binocular is giving you issues. That's a problem. And those guys understand that. And so we've done everything from overnighting things to the local dealer so that hunter can pick it up to I've personally had consumer sales guys call me and I've taken samples to people out in the middle of unit one. I've And, and it's just a company that truthfully cares about that end user well, and it, it just it, it makes it fun it really does taking care but of it makes that, that buyer we had a guy not too long ago that you know it was when we had the big snowstorms we, we had a, a, a scope or you know a, a spotting scope that wasn't going to get to and you know i'm just talking about go hunt at this point but the guy says well man i really needed that you know that that you know that spotter and i said well why don't you just come to the house and, and or I'll meet you somewhere. You can take mine. Mm-hmm. 
It's the same mentality. I mean, Cody, it the, is. It's the just the take look care on of the, I mean, the, the, I could tell through the phone. He was like, huh? And I'm like, yeah, if you need a spotting scope, just tell me where to meet you and we'll, or, or come to the house. I don't know where you live, but, you know, come pick mine up. Take it. And he just, and I don't, again, it doesn't have to be that hard. The guy just needed a spotting scope for the weekend. It doesn't, but I think it really helps that we're all we're all hunters. Some of us may be younger hunters than others, but we're all involved in it. So you know, and and same concept. You know, our, our people on our law enforcement side. If sure. if an agency has a problem, that that officer needs to be back on the street doing his job, and he doesn't need to be worrying about that piece of gear. That's our job to worry about that piece of gear. Yeah. So everyone in the company understands that, and they they kind of live by that ethos. And it's and again, it just makes it really easy to take care of people because everyone's on the same page. You don't have that one layer of management where you're, oh man, I don't, I got to get this through that person. And no, it's always just a what what do we need to do to take care of the customer? Three four scenarios, pick the best one, execute, go. Just there's no there's no nonsense. It's That's it's awesome. it's honestly my favorite part of the company. So That's awesome. Jared, before we get into all the different products here that are out on the table and go through the, each of the lines, um, you talk about your hunting. Uh, coming from New Jersey, coming out west here, what are some of the things that maybe you learned now that coming out west? Um, I don't know if you even hunted when you were in New Jersey, but what are the differences? What have you noticed and what do you really enjoy hunting out here? Sure. So hunting to me in New Jersey was, I grew up on uh, roughly 400 acres of corn and soy. We didn't own the farm. We lived on the farm and we subsequently helped work it a little bit to, to lessen my mom's rent after my dad walked out, but that's for another day. So hunting to me was kill a groundhog, take the dead groundhog, Put it on the farmer's doorstep in front of the barn. After school, you get off the bus, you go to the mailbox, and for every groundhog, he gave you $25 cash. I bought my first truck that way. So that was hunting to me. That's, That's awesome. all I knew. That's incredible. And then That's I went cool. in the Marine Corps, a little bit of different type of hunting, and then I came out here. And now, after being introduced to archery, I am absolutely obsessed with, with archery elk hunting. I've never felt excitement like being 40 yards from a bull that's screaming at you. And I'm to the point now where I don't care if I have a tag, I don't care who it is, I just go and I just want to be there. If I have to cook, I'll cook. I, I don't care. I'm, I'm absolutely head over heels addicted There's to There's nothing it. really quite like a bullock screaming in your face. No, and, I, and I've done some exciting like things. It. I've done, yeah. I mean, I've done one or two things in one or two countries that were pretty darn exciting. And have, nothing, have, nothing just gets my blood boiling like that. Have so. you had a tag yet? Um, For archery? Not an archery bull tag, no. Really? No, I've helped on a couple, couple real successful, real fun bull tags, but I haven't let an arrow go on a bull myself. No. No tags this year. No tags this year. I kind of, in, kind of on purpose. Got a baby due the end of July. Uh -oh. Good for you. And so I, I <laughs> threw a hail mary. You know, a unit one early archery. Wait a minute. Didn't draw it, but. When's the baby due? Last week of July. Oh, you see, that was pretty. Smart that's a pretty guy. smart guy yeah. right there. So I, I, I don't know if you plan that, but plans you it around yeah, the hunting season. I may or may not be a marine that can do math. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's rare. But if you want me to sign those catalogs, I can sign them for you. Let's dive into the product line. Love uh, to. I'll let you kind of take the floor. Whether you want to start, you know, wherever you want to start, and let's 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 hear about it. Sure. And I'll give you a kind of a generic and overhead. And if you, Cody, will just interject where you where you think it applies, Absolutely. I'd. I'd uh, I would definitely appreciate it. Within all of our products, and this applies to rifle scopes, binoculars, and spotting scopes, we have different series, and we've given them names to identify the quality, price point, um, use would be would be one. Um, and so the way that that breaks down is um, our top of the line would be the Razor series. 
followed by the Viper series, and then the Diamondback, and then the Crossfire being toward the bottom. Within each product category, um, binocular specifically, there are a couple a couple other series that have fallen in, and, and we'll go over them as we get to binos, um, series like the Fury and the Kaibab, um, things that are very specific, uh, specific use items. Um, so I'll just start with the Diamondback. Um, this is our, our number one selling series by volume relating to rifle scopes and binoculars. And in there, um, there's just very useful power ranges and products that, that just do that, uh, that accomplish that goal of, of being available and fitting the need of the wide, uh, the wide spectrum of the market. So um, if you look at Diamondback binoculars, for instance, the 10 by 42 is the number one selling skew within that line. Um, it's a great base model optic that gets somebody out and gets them excited without uh, completely breaking the bank. It's going gonna, it's gonna to do what they need to do. It's not a tripod binocular for sitting on top of a hill and, and looking at antelope two miles away. It's a very, it's a very um, use-specific unit. But at that price point where you can easily find one for right around $229, you're not, you're not over the top on on the budget side while still getting the same warranty. So right. the insurance policy of no matter what happens to it, we'll replace it is a big deal. And we see a whole lot of people buy them for their children as the, ch as the child's getting into hunting. It's a great unit. The parent isn't out that money. If, if child slips on a rock or forgets to tie their shoes or is packing for a hunt. And I don't know how many times we've had diamondback binoculars get run over by side by sides because kids put it down and eat a sandwich and there it goes. And yep. so Really, really good um, mid to entry level. Well, I think that's a, you know, the Diamondbacks is a great place to talk about. I mean, l let's face it. There are n new people in the, in the business, the, you know, new to hunting or new to shooting. And some people are just not going to go spend $500 for a pair of binoculars or a, or, you know, what have you. And the fact of it is, is that, and I'll you can, that binocular right there compared to what I was experiencing when when I was younger. I'd take that all day long because I mean, again, I was trying to figure out how to put a nine by twenty five, you know, pair of lights, you know, loophole binoculars onto a tripod, and they're they're they were little tiny compacts. Are you kidding? That would have been. There's so many options on that binocular that I didn't have access to that that I, I think it's a fantastic, you know, way to start off. No, you're absolutely right. And and being that they're threaded, you can put them on an adapter. You can yep. put a child or, or someone behind uh, behind a tripod or just somebody who, who gets a tag and is going on one hunt and may not know that they're into it. And it's just a, a get you involved, you know, like anything else. Pickup trucks or lawnmowers, there's, you get started, then you find out what you might need. And you may have bought the thing that fits your needs the first but time, and God bless you. In, in traveling, um, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, I've had people, you know, want them for those. I had just any number of different situations where somebody is literally getting into the to that price point of, of binocular that that they can you know really put their eyes behind and, and actually you know uh, have a good experience behind them yeah well yeah. let's face it i mean the whole key is getting people to look through binoculars and try and find game absolutely so 
if you don't have a binocular that allows them to enter the ball game, so to speak, they're they're missing out. Right. And that's a hunter that maybe right. wouldn't pick up hunting where they can buy this pair of binoculars, go out and say, is this for me? And they pull up and they see a buck or they see a bull or see something with this that they're like, huh, this is what they're t- all talking about. This serves a purpose of getting people in the game. It does. It does. If it's a massive chunk of the market and what people may or may not need, at least in the immediate. So it does a, it does a very good job. One step above that is going to be the Viper HD, which is actually right in front of you there on the right, Jay. Um, again, the, the 1042 and, and then followed by the 1250 are both very good sellers. This is where we see um, as education becomes more valuable through places like Go Hunt and all these other internet places that are now teaching people how to, how to glass, how to actually sit behind a tripod and effectively find game, um, things like 1250s have become extremely valid. And so our Viper HD 12x50 um, is, is been a great unit from a standpoint of entry-level uh, tripod-type binocular. Um, you'll have to forgive me. My 1250 is being used by somebody. So all I have is that 1042 for you to look at today. But um, we, we find that a lot of people that are getting into Western hunting that are now learning that glassing from a tripod is extremely valid uh, but aren't ready to, to spend that $1,000, $2,000, $4,000 are getting into a Viper 1250. And truth be told, I've actually done this where I've spray-painted a Viper 1250 and spray-painted some other competitors and and there's a lot of people that that flock to that thing from just an ergonomic standpoint love the feel of it um so it's it's been a great another great unit well, for I, us i think the vipers of you know because i've always used and, and i you know, kind of beating a dead horse with this but I, I i i say it because it's true but you know in teaching seminars or being at the you know the sales counter or, or you know on the phone and you tell somebody about you know buy the best glass you can afford put it on a tripod and slow down you know uh i I mean i remember when i got my hands on the first set of vipers that i'd ever you know in 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 truth i think it was right before there wasn't there wasn't an hd model Mm -hmm. and um i mean it i we sold a lot of those binoculars because it was it was that 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 person that was a diamondback or below kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And they were really wanting to kind of, you know, step up their game in, in just increments. And, you know, they buy a set of Vipers. And it was because the Vipers were the first place, you know, where you could step up to a 12 or a 1550. Or, and that, was, that gave them a whole new slew of options that were, generally speaking, not available in a lower price point glass that I mean you, you couldn't buy a 15 in or in in the lower price points. Well, I think so it it, it, it in those first vipers you, you could actually do that and people I, mean, I think the the viper took off like wildfire. It did and and take a step back I mean and and you said it and I know you didn't mean anything negative by it when we say diamondback crossfire guy and then viper razor guy I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of, of purchasing product that applies to your needs. And it's Absolutely. always funny because I get on you know these sales calls and I interface with all of the Vortex reps, right? 
and I sell a ton of Razor and Viper and Kaibab binoculars sure. because this is Arizona, New Mexico, and we sit on top of a knob and we, we spend six, eight hours behind our glass and we're looking extremely far distances. Whereas my counterpart in Pennsylvania is like, how do you put up these Razor numbers? And he's never sat on top of a dirt hill and looked right. for a coos deer exactly. in the middle of the desert. He doesn't, it doesn't compute. So to say, you know, Diamondback is a certain class of, it's not a class of person, it's a use. It's what are you doing with it? Sure. Um, I have a set of Diamondback 1042s on the, on the dash of my truck every day. Right. And I've used them for everything from looking at people that I thought were stealing cars to, you know, reading street signs real <laughs> far away when I'm lost. I mean, what am I using it for? What does it do? Right. Now, when you get behind a binocular and we start talking about fatigue and all those things, then yes, an HD glass is going to make its weight in gold because you're, you can spend more time and therefore be more effective and, exactly. and all that. But the Viper being our, our, uh, our first intro to the HD series within the line is just cool. a, it's been an absolute home run. And what's the rough price point for those? Um, the Viper HDs in a 1042, for instance, you'll find them on the shelf at 499. Yeah. And that 1250, just for a reference point, would be right around 560. So not not a huge price jump if you're looking to get into something that would be maybe a little bit more effective on a tripod in that 12 power from a 10. So, Okay, so we've got the Diamondback. We've got the Viper. What's next? So in between, this is one of those um, kind of area-specific products that we developed. We have our Kaibab HD series, which is an 18 by 56. And us Arizona residents can take a bunch of, a bunch of pride in that name. But um, And for those that don't know because th they say it all the time it is kaibab correct i get kebab i get i mean literally i get all kinds of different it is the kaibab plateau and so kaibab national forest kaibab national forest and it is so just the, the just kaibab it is plateau. the kaibab plateau it is i actually was fortunate enough to have a 12b west tag which is oh, not nice. on the plateau necessarily but nice. uh, in in 2018 so that was cool you know this is probably a good place to say this too and and and, and i want to make sure that you know when you know you, you mentioned the the you know diamondback guy or whatever it it, it it's funny because when you're in sales you have people that come in that know nothing, and they say, I just want a pair of binoculars. You have people that come in and buy something only because their friend made them go buy that pair of binoculars, and you have all these different kinds, and as a salesperson, you have to recognize where this guy's wanting to go. Absolutely. You have to qualify and, the customer. And you, you have you, to qualify the customer. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, there was definitely no you know disrespect or or no i knew where you were going meant by that because it you just you're always you know some guys come in and they're like hey you know this is like you know this is what i am and this is what i'm about but i really want to go here and you're like okay well you know let's let me show you what's in between let here help you. absolutely and 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 we're going to make those decisions and that's why it all comes back to jay asked me this all the time that's why when you know, when people are asking, if someone says, Cody, I want to know exactly what's in your pack or what your opinion is, mm -hmm. that is different from me educating somebody and basically walking them through the process of understanding what binocular best fits their need. Oh, you, you could be, yeah, you could so have a coos deer focused year and not an elk focused year exactly, and your pack's going to change. And That's because a lot of people ask me why I carry an eight power binocular on my chest. Well, because one of my favorite things to do, like you, I want to be 
as wide a field of view as possible, and I and I want I want the easy handheld uh, when I'm chasing elk with a bow. Absolutely, it's just that simple. Absolutely. So now that you, pair of binoculars for me works best for that. And you know, I, I, you know, Jay gets it. You, I, mean, I know you get it. But we get people to argue with us, like, oh, you should have ten. Hey, it's it's not like magic, or it's not like you know. You gotta buy what's best and right for what you're doing. I love the you should have guy because I always I always go back to with with that. And we'll Use just, specific. We'll, we'll just go. We'll do it real quick. But the that those guys are always always saying, you know, do you do you use these for work or use them for fun? I'll use them for fun. Okay. Well, for me to have fun, this is what I use. So to tell <laughs> to tell me I'm wrong, I is, love that. kind of silly. That's that's a. And great. if you're trying to help me grow or exactly. learn, that's great. I appreciate it. But to just come out with, well, you should this and take a hard line. I'm, yeah. Okay, you're probably not a guy that I want in my camp with me. I just don't. Well, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, yeah, it, it, I just, I love the education part of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, it goes back to my, I, I coined this many years ago, and whether it's famous or not, I don't care. But I, I said this, you know, back in my, my Don Sportship day, Sport Shop days and my Bass Pro days and and literally, you f- buy the best glass you can afford or what works for you. Put it on a tripod and slow down. Mm-hmm. If you'll do those three things, I'll guarantee that you find more game. It's that simple. Well, you're, you're 100% right. As much as I don't like to tell you that very often, you're 100% right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God. One thing I noticed, Cody the on a focus hot seat wheel. Today. I didn't want Jay to have all the fun. I mean, The focus wheel on this is really smooth. It is. It is. And for what that binocular was was uh, designed for, um, and this is the Kaibab 1856 we're talking about, um, for th- for that long sit with micro adjust, when you're trying to pick apart an ear flicker or a differentiating shade of brown or gray, um, you have to have that. You, you, you really do. And you don't need to be chunking through the focus. Well, I, I think, focus. and when they first came out with the 20s, um, and you know, in having the discussions with Paul Neese and guys like that, I think one of the initial complaints of the the first round of twenties was the focus wheel was was hard. It was, mm-hmm. and so the Jay, the focus wheel that you see on that now, has has literally been refined to the point where when you're when you're trying to steady something and you're looking at a mile, it it, it it's it's way different than it used to be, and that's. That should be a, t- a testament to Vortex listening to their, you know their customers and their and their people. Absolutely. As far as what you would say is like coos deer glassing, you know, long range glassing. Would these Kaibab HD eighteen by fifty six? Is this what you would point someone towards? I certainly would, and and I talked to the hunter a little bit. There'd be two that I would really have in mind. There would be that eighteen fifty six, and there would be our Razor twelve by fifty. It would just depend on where they tell me they're going. Um, the 18 by 56 inherently is a little bit larger and a little bit heavier product. And so if the guy tells me that he's a ultra light backcountry 40 miles in type of guy, I may encourage him to go for, to go for a razor 12. Um, that package is, is just more compact. If it's a guy that is okay with a little bit heavier unit or wants to sit in one spot for six or seven hours. Yes. The 18 by 56 is an excellent option. Um, and especially at that price point to be into an 18 by 56 HD optic um, on the shelf at 9.99 is there's nothing else well, compared to that. And I think the other thing is is that the the other person that I think needs to be talked about and we've been hitting this kind of lately 
flat out bottom line, there are a number of people that cannot, will not, and will never enjoy looking through a spotting scope. The eight, I mean, the eighteen is absolutely a, 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 it has to be an option for you. What's the field of view on the eighteen? Uh, let me get it for you, Jake. What is it? One, one eighty? No, it's less than one eighty-six. It is one ninety-four at a thousand yards. Okay. So what you, when you really think about it, most of the other big. 15s are 231 to 236. So that's actually that's actually didn't fall off the slope as much as I would have, you know, thought it would. It's it's certainly pretty close and when you start weighing again the customer's needs, the budget that's available, the warranty that comes with it, um, where they're going, what they're hunting. It's not uh, and I, you'll never hear me say and I don't sell used cars. It's not the right binocular for everybody. It is the right binocular for a whole lot of people, but it's not the right binocular for everybody. What kind of price so, point are we talking on these? Those kaibabs will be on the shelf at nine ninety nine. And that's God, that's hard. It, it's just, it's almost unheard of. It's hard to not consider. I don't even yeah, for sure. The it's truth, great, great value. There used to be some old manufacturers making some stuff that were probably fell on that line, but they don't anymore. And and I don't, I don't even, I can't even think of one off the top of my head right now. That's that's either that power or higher in that kind of a package you know uh, size wise well, well there, there's not and that was a that was a big consideration when um previously and that binocular is only two years old previously the kaibab series had a 1556 and a 20 um and when we when we redid that series and and i wasn't part of the product development team i'm, I'm i know my swim lane and i stay in it but it was a consideration um to kind of make that series stand out in on its own to hit a very specific price point and then obviously to to uh, to have a specific set of features with sure. with still maintaining HD glass but not getting so insane that we were up into a price point that that took a lot of people out of the running so no it's been uh, that but one's been doing good. you know that that body I'll say whether it was 15 20 or or 18s has has sold really really well and and done really really well so the next is the razor it is it is, and, and from a Western hunting standpoint, this is my favorite series to talk about. It's our, it's our highest performing series for the people that I talk to on a daily basis. Um, in that series, we do an eight by forty-two, a ten by forty-two, a ten by fifty, and a twelve by fifty. And the twelve by fifty out west um, certainly outsells the others. Um, it is that that optic for us and for our customer that um, that puts them kind of on the pinnacle of our line. Let them get behind a tripod and really start picking apart right. some country. Uh, it just does an excellent job, and you'll have to forgive me, Jay. Those are my everyday use, so I did dust them off well, for we, you and uh, try to clean them up. We, we've been selling a lot of ten fifties too. Have you? Beautiful. Um, I'm finding that you know, I'm, maybe I'm whether it's me or we're just kind of figuring this out, or as you start selling to more and more people and and more and more people across a broader spectrum. There's a number of people that are coming to us with the idea that, hey, look, and, and, and people almost, and not to be boastful or, you know, because I think we've all done it sitting here in this room, but you talk about glass and coos deer, and you actually have people calling now like, hey, 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 I, I'm not glass and coos deer every day like you guys do. You guys glass a whole different way than other people do, and I'm looking for this, and the 1050 because they're wanting they're wanting that uh, a 10 power but they're wanting it to be as bright as possible so 
I've been helping guys, and 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 I think it's a it's an incredible cross between 1050 or power and uh, exit pupil because mm-hmm. you got a five millimeter ex- exit pupil which versus is, a 4.2 or which is about max, which, which yeah. is about max. Mm-hmm. So they're incredibly bright, and and at the, at the you put those on a tripod easily can can make the long range glass you know m- more clear and help you out at a longer distance but yet when you i mean the, the 1050s j are no bigger than that and you put those on your chest y- i i know i know those are bent on your chest oh absolutely so a 1050 or a 1250 on your chest like that absolutely has a place well, we're, we're talking about a 1250 that's rated right at 28 ounces. And so in that, in that platform and the size of it is and how small it is, in that weight, that is easily a chest Absolutely. binocular. Well, um, I, 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 I guess I'm getting to the point is, is that you couple that with a spotting scope. Oh, you, and you've just now created like a really versatile package. You'd have a hard time wanting. The, ex- exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and back in the day... When people used to only use 15s, and the only thing was talked about, like down at Jensen's, and I mean that was what they did. They, they, they. If you couldn't buy the 1560 Zeiss that were fifteen hundred dollars back in the 80s, then they would hand you the next best thing in the day. And this is true. The next best thing was a pair of 10 by 50 Bushnell Customs, and I had a pair of those. And that's when you finally figured out, like, whoa, <laughs> like, I mean, Huge man, difference. this is this is so <laughs> much better than those. Um, and and mom, I, God rest your soul, but my mom got me a pair of binoculars one time, and it was like a ten by fifty out of Eddie Bauer, you know. And and I'm sure that they cost a little bit and whatever, but you looked at those older ten to fifty customs and then compared them to kind of that. That Poro Prism style, man, it, it was like somebody opened up a whole new world to me. So, anyway. Yeah, no, I, I don't mean at all to take away from the 10s, just the 12s out west, you know, they, they own it. They own it for well, us as far as a number standpoint. And I, it's funny because I run into guys all the time out in the field that have them. Yeah. And, it, I, and I love it. I carry extra hats in my pack, and I give them a hat, and we talk, and they love them. And I, 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 it's, I won't it's really neat. say the person by name, but Jay knows them too, and one of the most successful coos deer hunters I know used to carry a, a set of Tempo 50s and a spotting scope. And I'll guarantee that he's got a ton of stuff on the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, but again, and then some of that is what you're using it for, and some of it's how you use it, right? That that guy obviously exactly. figured something out that works for him. More power to you. you know? And half Great. of this battle is what's comfortable and what works for your eye. Absolutely. So what I may like or Cody may like or Jared may like, until you look through them, until you use them, until you figure out what you do like, you won't get confidence in that piece of glass. Anatomy Correct. is a huge part of the equation. Anatomy yeah. is a huge, huge part. Yeah. Absolutely. So what are we talking about price point for these, you know, 842, 1042, 1050 in that range? What's the range? Uh, right in or around 1,000. Okay. So the 1250s will be on the shelf at 1,100. Everything else is gradually below that. Okay. So in that, in that 900 to, to $1,000 range uh, for the entire Razor series. Okay. You know, and and that's that's all stepped up by a couple of things, Jay. It's stepped up by glass quality. You know, each there's li- different levels of HD glass, and then we get into different types of coatings. Um, eye cup construction. Sometimes we have plastic. Sometimes you have metal. Yeah. Sometimes you have different different types of machining processes. So it's all relative to the to the price point of where, I think those, where those things fall. In everything that we do in optics, I think that that's one of the hardest things to explain to a buyer 
is that they'll say, well, what's the difference between this glass and that glass? And, you know, it's hard to explain to somebody. Well, the coatings may be different on the outside than, I mean, you know, the prisms may be, you know, the focus wheel length. I mean, there's, there could be, you know, 10 different little intangible things that makes the difference between, you know, this piece of glass and that razor that Jay's got in his hand there. And, and and it's very difficult to to you know because they can't see it. They can't see. It. I always try to make it relative. I told you about the vehicle I bought shooting groundhogs with my lever thirty thirty. Right. You lay under that truck and you can see a difference between the Super Duty that I am now parked out front of your house. Right. It's right. just a different. It's different. It's beefier. It's different. It's it's relatively priced because of the feature set. Right. So let's dive into uh, spotting scopes. We do spotters. So spotters are. In the same realm, where we have Razor being the top, Viper being the middle, and then Diamondback being our, our uh, entry level or our intro to spotter scopes. Um, what we see out west is mainly Razor and Viper sales. HD glass is obviously pretty important from a fatigue standpoint and from a um, identification standpoint. I always like to do, when I'm doing demos, I always like to put a red paper plate and an orange paper plate at five or 600 yards. And even, you know, through any of our spotting scopes or any really of our competitors, you look through them and you can tell that both those plates are in the red-ish family, the rusty right. family, right? And when you get into an HD piece of glass, you can say the red plate is on the right. So if we're looking for different shades of brown or gray or whatever it is, um, HD becomes important. And so with the distances we're looking out here, we see razors and vipers sell extremely well. Um, within the razor line, we have a 27 to 60 by 85, and there's an angled and a straight model. And with that 85, to touch on it quickly, a new product for 19, um, we released a ranging reticle eyepiece um, in MOA and in mill radian. So depending on what graduation you're accustomed to you can purchase either one that fits our 85 millimeter razor um, and will give you a ranging reticle so that you can call shots you can use it to uh, size well, game you can use it for a plethora of things you know in anybody that has shot long distance and and had the had, had a spotter with them that was on top behind them and looking at the same target, you've got the same point of impact figured out. And that anybody who has used an MOA um, reticle in a spotting scope to help his partner call a shot, the secondary follow-up shot, the ability to make corrections and have a hit. I, I, I don't have a statistic for it, but I will tell you that I... It, it, it's incredible the amount of accuracy. It has comes. to be north of ninety percent. Is fair. I, I, I mean, it's crazy. Yes. Um, yep. I, I was able to visit the FTW ranch. Um, I, I was incredibly impressed with the ability to do those kind of things and be taught that way. And boy, did that 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 that. It opened my eyes, but there were some other people that were that had n that, that just didn't understand. There's just so many and, cool and things were, you can. And do I'm with talking it. 1,300 yard shots. Guy hits, you know, four on my way to the left, and and when you have the, the ability to say that's four on my way, not, you know, oh you're a foot to the right. Well, yeah. one target with well, left. What is, yeah. You know, I mean, what is that? Yep. 
Yeah, no, it, it makes a it makes a world difference. And you know, from for this conversation, it makes an ethical difference. Absolutely. If you if you have somebody make a clear miss, and I can take a reticle and hold it on the miss, and where we need to go and make a measurement. And especially like I do volunteer work with, with uh, children's organizations and we take kids out hunting and let's face it, kids don't shoot very well. And we try to spend some time with them, but every now and then they get excited and they blow a shot <laughs> far left or whatever it is. And when we can, when we can make adjustments um, and, and ethically engage a target is it's just huge. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of that product. I was excited about it. It took some years to get it right. Um, with the adjustable eye relief and just the way the unit works, it is a complete remove and replace eyepiece that you can do on the fly. And so you see, I carry it in a little bag. You pull the pull the 85 millimeter spotter out, take the other eyepiece out. It's one little one little half turn of a of a collar. Pop it out, pop that one in, turn the collar, and now you have a, a fixed 22 power ranging reticle that gives you all those references. And explain to those out there that are listening if they don't really understand the ranging reticle, what you mean. Yep. So the the piece we're talking about, the unit we're talking about, is a is an eyepiece, and what it does is it clicks into your spotting scope and internally has a reticle built in. So now you have a reticle in your spotting scope that correlates to the measurements that are on your scope. So if Cody takes a shot and he misses, like you said, 4MOA to the left. When I'm looking through the spotting scope with the reticle on the same target that Cody's shooting, I will see a splash. I'll see the miss and the dirt puff, and I can take that dirt puff and measure how far from the vitals or from the middle of the piece of steel or from the pumpkin or whatever we're shooting at, and I can tell him you either need to dial or hold for wind is typically what we miss for, and so here's your here's your windage call. And if he were to shoot high or low, we can use it the same way. It has it has horizontal and vertical markings to allow us to measure and accurately reengage. Yeah, the, fu- the the I don't remember the exact stat, but Jared, I think you're right. They did some stuff with I don't know if it was the seals or whoever it was, but the follow up shots with being able to call, you know, MOAs or you know whatever they were using. It, I mean, it, it was. It was really, really high. It went the, the the first round they made them do it without, and then the second round they made them do it with. And it, I mean, it was like a difference of fifty to to ninety. I mean, it was crazy. It's it's massive. I mean, if you think about it, when you're looking through a spotting scope, now if we're talking about, you know, if I'm in a foreign country and I can measure a stop sign and I have a relative number to go off of to judge, that's one thing. But when we're talking about a deer, if I'm looking at a deer at nine hundred yards. You might be able to tell the age class yeah. of the deer and the relative body size, but now you're banking on getting the genetics right and everything else. You don't know how big that target truly is. So to say, hold 24 inches, what is 24 inches? Well, that, it and doesn't, and that's it doesn't the thing is, is that people, I think that's the funniest thing to sit with people that are new glassers. Um, it's funny in the sense when you're trying to describe somebody where the deer is. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I say funny because, man, that conversation could go on for hours. Absolutely. But yeah. the more serious conversation is is when game is involved and you're shooting, it becomes very serious. And when someone says, you know, hey, he's, you know, uh, you know, like you said, he's 18 inches. Well, I, I don't know what's 18 inches at 700. I mean, you better know and you better figure it out. And here's another way you can be used is in these in these areas – um, and I haven't had the pleasure of sheep hunting yet, but when we're talking about sheep that have to measure a certain, you know, a certain curl or whatever it is, you can use that reticle to accurately say that if you know the distance of the laser rangefinder and you 
you plug that into the equation. You can physically say, I know that that Yeti cup is eight inches out there at 800 yards. I can give you that by having a reticle in my spotter. Interesting. So, so now this, this brings us to, to kind of a whole other segment of optics, and that's, that's focal plane. This, this ranging eyepiece is a fixed 22 power. So by definition, it's going to work the same as a second focal plane scope, which means that at a specific power, the, the subtensions within the reticle, the lines, for lack of a better term, are equal to a certain distance. And in the owner's manual of that product, it'll say the distance between, let's just say, the center point and line 1 is 2 MOA. With this at fixed 22 power, that 2 MOA is consistent. Now when we get into first focal plane rifle scopes, um, that's where by having the reticle change size throughout the entire power band, if you will, of magnification, those lines adjust and therefore become relative. And so those lines are equal to what we tell you they're equal to at all magnifications. So by definition, this is technically a second focal plane right. product, but because it's a fixed 22 fixed power, power, you can't change it. So you can't mess it up. So it's kind of a beautiful thing. Um, I'm not sure. If, if a first focal plane eyepiece would be relative or yeah. whatever, but it's a, uh, it's one of those things where it was meant to be a, a very, a very accurate tool. And so taking some of that u possible user error out was pretty important. Nice. What, what eyepiece do we have on here? That's just the standard. Um, that's just the, the regular one that comes with it. It's, it's yeah. 27 to 60. 27 to 60. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And that's, that's obviously variable. And then you can replace that with, with this piece we've been talking about. And the price point roughly on this scope? Uh, you'll be in or around 1600 Okay. And that's for the angled and the straight on the, on the 27 to 60 by 85. In that series, we also make a 22 to 48 by 65. And the price on that, on that product goes down to around $1,200. I do have one here, Jay. It's What'd you say? Twenty-two to uh, twenty-two to forty-eight, and we do that in a straight and an angled as well in the Razor HD series. Would you say you sell more angled or more straight, Cody? Um, in this in oh, vortex, uh, you know, surprisingly, we've been selling a lot of uh, a, a lot of angles lately. What would you Truthfully. say, Jared? I'd say angled. If I had to take a wild guess without running a report on my computer, I'd probably say 60-40. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, it not not good or bad either way. Totally up to what you're doing with it. If you're the guy that's, that's like, I'm going to hike to the top of everything, and you're constantly looking down, straight can be great. Right. It, it all depends what you're doing with it. I find angle to be nicer on the range for me. Right. Um, if I'm standing... I love straight. It, it all it all depends. I'm I mean, I'm fortunate enough to roll around with a pile of this stuff. So. And we you know we we've always talked about this, and and I just think that when you're using, when you're when you're glassing with your binoculars, and most of the time, let's just call it you know eighty five percent of the time, and you're switching from you know binoculars to spotting scope, I would rather have a straight because I'm, I'm making one change in that position and going straight back on, you should basically wind up in the, that's it, you know, and, and, and for, and I say that because I've had the pleasure of being in Jay's elk camps, deer camps and everything else. And when I come back to camp and Jay says, Hey, did you see that? Yelled at. You know, like, Hey, how big was it? And you know, there's been moments when I, when, when I've heard me or somebody else, well, I couldn't really, well, what do you mean you couldn't really? 
And, and so for me, when I'm helping somebody, whether it's somebody that's paying Jay or rather, you know, I'm helping a good friend and they, we've got this tag and you see some giant deer and somebody's asking you how big it was or how many points or, you know, whatever, the, whatever's, whatever's important to them, mm-hmm. target acquisitions to me become the most important thing possible. And I just, I've always kind of leaned towards that straight eyepiece only for that and that only. True. Um, somebody called me out on it. So, you know, I took a hunting partner of mine, and, you know, 20 to 60, about 80. And we basically, I kind of forced myself to use it for a year. Just to... Sh- angled? Ju- angled. Yeah. Just to shut people up and say, you know, I've done it. There, I did it. And, yeah. and here's the thing. Did I find that in certain cases it was more comfortable? Sure, I did. Um, did I find that in some cases I preferred it in those situations? Sure, I did. Mm-hmm. But again, it all comes in back to your what, type of it, glassing. It's, your it's what's concept, important absolutely. to you and your use specific, you know, thing. And and the fact of it is, you got to do what's important to you and what best suits you. And I've had the question: Well, is straight more clear because it's more linear and there's no. You know, they assume that there's some massive amount of, of sure. uh, technology going well, on inside, and, and it's it's not. You figure out what's comfortable for you and, and run with it. There. Of all the days, hours, time, you know, sitting and being with new people, experienced people, you know, really, you know, expert people, I don't care what their level is. I will flat out tell you I've spent more wasted time with an angle telling somebody where an animal is. And they're not being able to find it than I have with a straight, plain and simple. It's funny we've and real quickly we've we've started mounting red dots on housings above angled spotters for the law enforcement community to get on target quicker. Sure. And that's not a negative toward law enforcement. It's just a the the angled spotter was available to them, but, and to well, make the angled spotter well, work, we found that put red dot on target, then put spotter on spotting scope, and all of a sudden it's like. Well, but there isn't it is. that is but that that any sense? I mean, and, and quite frankly, when you're talking about law enforcement or military, no offense, but I think that's probably a little bit more important. And I bet you target acquisition really becomes important. It is, yeah. When things start shooting back, it's kind of important to yeah. know where they're at. Yeah. <laughs> God. Let's jump into <laughs> rifle scopes. No, that'd be great. So, and again, in rifle scopes, we we have a very similar a very similar layout. Um, we have the the Razor series followed by the Viper series uh, followed by the Diamondback and then the Crossfire. And in the in the Razor series, one of the most applicable scopes that's going to be kind of on the range of what we're talking about Western hunting, backcountry, lightweight hunting is going to be our Razor HD AMG six to twenty four by fifty. Um, this was our first 100% American-made scope, um, but it is it was kind of designed for that uh, lightweight hunter. As these as these carbon fiber guns get developed in these long-range deer rigs and all all those t- those sorts of products, um, we needed a solution that was lighter than our Razor HD Gen 2. And our Gen 2 is is a is an awesome scope. It's got some features that the hunters don't necessarily care about. And it's got some weight that really took it out of it took it out of that backpack hunter ultralight hunter realm. Although those guys, you know, if they hike 10, 12 miles in and they have to make a 600 yard shot across the canyon, they do need a very high quality piece of glass. So that's what we developed that scope for. Um, forgive me, there's uh, there's a law enforcement department here locally that's shooting that scope as we speak. So I had a little short notice and I didn't bring it with me, but um, it's an excellent scope. It's a 30 millimeter tube. Um, it does have a windage type reticle with the field the field filled in below uh, to allow for for holdovers and wind. 
Um, and let me just get you a weight real quick here, Jay. It's right at 28 ounces, 28.8 to be specific. So it's uh, it's not a it's not necessarily an ultra light scope, but to get HD quality glass with the reticle selection that it has, it still does come with an illuminated option. It does have a zero stop, a hard zero stop. Um, I referenced that 12B West hunt earlier. My first shot in 12B West uh, was a complete and utter miss. Bouncing around in the truck, my turret um, had had moved, and I just got excited, and it was the right deer, and I took a shot and totally blew it over his back because I, I had let my scope slip. So those zero stops are important to be able to reach up and grab and crank right back down to where you know you're at and start from where you want to start. So um, that scope has a ton of features that apply to, to big game hunting and, and lightweight hunting and and all that so that's a that's a neat scope um it's followed by our razor hg gen 2 which i did bring with me this is our four and a half to 27 by 56 you'll feel the weight i referenced um, but with that weight comes a lot of a lot of key features uh, it comes with a ton of durability it does have a locking turret so if you pull up on that there then you'll be able to spin um, that turret is a is a work of art in and of itself. The way that the zero stop function works, it also has a revolution indicator. So as you go all the way around, there's actually a piece that protrudes out the side to let you know that you're a full revolution in, so you don't get lost uh, in that turret. Uh, they are illuminated. And then this year, we put out um, back of the reticle is illuminated, not the turret. Just mm-hmm. I don't want to get roasted. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year we did incorporate Horus reticles into that scope series. Oh, okay. So so a couple new reticles this year, uh, including two Horus reticles and then our own take, the EBR seven. So that that scope series does. And, and honestly well. speaking, you know, and I, I've never had the fortune of having it on one of my guns, but the reports that come back from the field and it, it, it literally is one of the most. It's pro- it's one of the toughest scopes that's, that's in existence. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't shoot him and kill him with it, you can take it off and beat somebody with it. I mean, it literally is. It, it's. It, I mean, it's designed that way for a purpose. It's designed to take abuse and still, you know, have repeatability to it. They are they are very stout. That is, that is for sure. So there's a four and a half to twenty seven in that in that series, and there's also a three to eighteen, and then a one to six. Um, all first focal plane options in the big boys, and then the one to six is a is a second focal plane to keep that reticle visible. But what are you seeing right now in terms of uh, MOA or mill rats? What what? Give me the is it a sixty Man, forty? What are you seeing right now? It's so close. Um, there's you know there's that false assumption that if you're in the military you should shoot mill. Um, I always combat that with do you have a tape measure that's in quarter inch or in in mills? And then most people do obla inches a little bit easier. But it all depends on the type of shooting that you're doing. Milradian has a very, very applicable feature set depending on what you're doing. And if you're if you're engaging targets out to extreme distances and you need to make quick adjustments, mill is is the graduation for you. It, it, and I think that that milrads, right? Milradian, oh, mil, well, yep. milradian. Yep. Um, very simply put, it's easier to do the math. It, See, and, and and it's and I've I've only listened to both sides of the argument. Mm-hmm. I, I you know I'm. You know, I don't have a rifle set up right now that shoots 1,400, 1,500, 1,600. You know what? I'm not that guy. I, I've shot those distances, um, and they, they've always been in in uh, um, uh, in MOAs. So, but that's just what you get trained in. Or It all depends on the training. You hit the nail on the head. If you're, if you're brought up on mills, you'll do great. You'll do fine. If you're brought up on MOA, 
you'll do fine. I find it easier to instruct someone who's never shot on MOA. Okay. That could be my teaching style. That could be my approach to it, oh. right? It's it's not one again like when we're talking about binoculars, one is not better. No, not no. Not head over it, heels better it, than the other. It's just they're both incredibly accurate. Mm-hmm. It's just the way that they laid the math out. I was like, oh, I mean, some of that math makes more sense. But, again, it comes back to what you're trained on. and it's, It does. Um, it does. Yeah, so I just was curious about what you see being sold mostly right now. And, and Truth be told, I'd say get, it's probably MOA, but it's not by a massive market. Yeah, we, we get asked more about MOA than we do anything already. It, it might be 60-40. Without running the report, it might be 55-45. It's, not, it's, not it's certainly not 80-20. So... Um, one, another scope I'm going to touch on Jay is our razor lightweight hunter. Uh, this is a three to 15 by 42 and this is our ultralight hunting scope. It's a one inch tube. It does have capped turrets. So if you're carrying in a, in a sling of some sort or in a, in a pack that has a, a sleeve to where, uh, where the rifle is inserted in that sleeve, you don't have to worry about your turret changing as you rip that thing out and, and begin to take a shot. But what really sets this scope apart is it comes in at 16.5 ounces with HD glass. Um, I was fortunate enough to take a bull with this scope at 784 yards in New Mexico. Nice. Um, and with a one-inch tube scope where everyone assumes that that's a 300-yard scope, it's that's 100% not true. Now, there was, I had all the time in the world, and I was able to lay down, dial, and then I did have to use some of the holdover within the reticle. Uh, but there was plenty built in, and that shot was was perfectly safe, and down the bull went. So um, that was a, that's a really neat scope. And, and if you have that guy that is cutting the handle off his toothbrush and hiking, hiking in and not drinking water because <laughs> he doesn't want to hike with the weight, hey, that's the scope for that for that customer for sure um and and right at that thousand dollar you know sub thousand dollar price point so uh, that's been a that's been very very well received and i i wouldn't be surprised if vortex kind of continues that line out as as that as that culture of you know person develops so that's been a good one um next is our viper pst uh, PST standing for precision shooting and tactical. This does a, a plethora of things. We find hunters love this. We find law enforcement loves this. We find target shooters love them. Um, it's a very wide range. The the range of, of availability in this product line is is huge. So there's everything from a five to twenty five down to a one to six. Um, and within within the five to twenty five and three to fifteen, there's first focal plane and second focal plane options. Um, and all of those scopes are going to be on the shelf at 999 or below. So you're getting into a scope that has an integrated zero stop, not a shim system, but a true hard metal on metal zero stop that's that's settable. Um, you have first or second focal plane like I hit on. You have multiple different reticles. So you have options where if you want to be able to hold over and use those fields that are filled in with wind uh, values, that's great. If you want to dial, you can reach up and dial. Uh, so it's been a it's been a really good... Um, series that's applied to a wide, wide branch of customers. So yeah, there's been that's a, that's a neat one, and that's this three to fifteen here, Jay. If you wanted to, I, I saw you peeking at it earlier, but we do have a two to ten in that series, and it it doesn't necessarily hit home runs. Um, but what we find is shooters, guys that are really into stuff like eighteen inch AR 15s and five five six, right. or some of the guys getting out of the military really love that two to ten. So that's just another one to to hit on in that in that series it's been a cool scope a lot of people graduate to the three to 15 for a couple more dollars but the two to ten is is significantly more compact with a smaller diameter objective and it's it's uh it's a neat scope to shoot depending on the rifle again just totally about what the end user's doing 
So with this series, then you've got the Diamondback and the Crossfire, and within rifle scopes as a company, are you guys seeing? And Cody, I'm curious your in, in, input on that as well. Are, are you seeing guys putting Diamondback and Crossfire, a, you know, a ton on their rifles? We we do sell by numbers, just by pure numbers. The Diamondback and Crossfire does apply to a larger market um, because of price point. Because of price point, because of, of feature set. You know, Diamondbacks and Crossfires, most of which are not necessarily illuminated reticles. Um, or not first focal plane options. First focal plane typically adds 10 to 15% in the cost. And so if we're trying to hit a certain budget, those scopes usually apply. Right. If we're trying to hit a generic use, like I have my, my grandfather gave me his 30 out six and I want to be able to shoot paper plates at 100 yards. Perfect. Yeah. You know, we can accomplish that in those two series and not, not break the bank for a guy that shoots once or twice a year. Um, I'll be, I'll be honest. I hunted Africa with a diamondback three and a half to 10 and nothing I shot at walked away. So they're, they're certainly, they're certainly effective, including a kudu at, at 484. So it's not like they're not capable. Um, typically the guys that are shooting at those things just have a different set of parameters that they want to hit. And so we find that they're into the Viper or, or razor series, but, um, the Diamondback series by volume just absolutely crushes it. And and to that point, I brought with me a, a newer scope, a Diamondback Tactical First Focal Plane. I was just going to ask you about that. Which is a really, really neat scope. Um, we do a 4-16 to 16 and a 6-24 to 24 in both MOA and MIL, respectively, within each power range. And these scopes all sit on the shelf at sub $400. So for $399 the customer can get into a into an entry-level first focal plane scope with a windage-related reticle that they can use for holdovers and corrections or calling misses um, or judging game, whatever it is. Um, it has side parallax. Yeah, It's, it's a feature-packed 30-mil tube scope. Go hunt. Customers are going to see this on the shelf very, 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 on the website very, very soon. Beautiful. Um, this scope, if you... Literally, if I blindfolded you and I put the scope in your hand, you started feeling it and feeling on how it feels um, without looking through it anything, just how it feels, the, the positive clicks, everything about it, you you would think that this literally is a much higher price scope, period, bar none. It, it flat out has a different feel to it, and uh, the, I'm, I'm really excited about this scope. They are. We are having trouble keeping up on those. Truth be told, uh, the six to twenty-four specifically has just been absolutely a home run. Um, not to say that there couldn't be improvements. There's always, you know, sure. we, we take consumer feedback, and if there's something that people want to see and we hear it quite a bit, then we'll we'll you know make it actionable. But it has been a, uh, it's been just hats off to whoever was involved on that one because it's been a whole well, it, 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 this but is again, under 400 but, bucks but that it, one that one's goes, actually 350 the 4 to it, 16 it, will be on the shelf at 350 it, it, it goes back to the whole premise behind what started vortex you see a hole in the market mm -hmm. and, and and you see you know what the what people are wanting and needing and build it build You're, it good build it you know repeatable um, you know, put good glass in it. Give you know, g give it all the bells and whistles that that our people are looking for, and make it right. And people will buy it. It's it, it it's just that simple. And it was the right time. I mean, let's face it; these rifle manufacturers are putting out good rifles in calibers like six five Creedmoor sure. that are capable guns 
in that sub five six hundred dollar price range, and well, and it was time for an optic to to kind of be match made in heaven with that. You concept. know, and the, and the first focal plane has really taken off, mm-hmm. and in in by with with with, I mean, it needed to. And you have, a, you know, huge surge of people into the the NRS and the PRS shooting matches, and so it gives people options to where they don't have to go have a five or ten thousand dollar rifle just to compete absolutely so yeah i it, it i th- good good for them yeah vortex actually did a video that, and that's he caught it on a uh, it was a ruger rifle and i want to say it was an american but I, I could be wrong um with a diamondback mounted on it it was a diamondback tactical it wasn't a first focal plane but uh, it was essentially a budget build thousand yard gun and the whole gun and and scope and rings and everything, the whole thing put together at retail was less than a thousand dollars, and awesome. they're out there ringing steel at at a grand. That's so really cool. That's it's awesome. hard to, it's hard to. If I can circle back with you, Jay, I forgot to hit on one spotter, and that's our kind of lightweight razor. Mm-hmm. Um, we do an eleven to thirty three by fifty kind of backpacking type. That's real light razor. It is, and that's the straight model. We do in a straight and angled eleven to thirty three by fifty, and on the shelf those will be about six ninety nine. So for the guy that, that maybe does carry a set of eights, um, and honestly, I use the thing all the time, and I sometimes carry those 12s on my chest, but to be able to get out there and know, okay, you know what, I do need to hike to that next knob, and I do need to get a better look at right. this. It's not You're not going to field judge something at, at two and a half miles with it, but you're going to get yourself in a much better position to decide how you want to make St- a plan and, and, and not totally break 11 to 33. 11 to 33. Um, and Jay, probably my most favorite thing about that scope is the, is the micro, macro, micro, uh, mm-hmm. adjustments there mm-hmm. that really, really helps out. And we're talking like what? 12 or 13 inches. I mean, it's very, yeah. very compact, very packable. And I find in that model, I typically will pick up the straight because I want it to just ride on, on the inside of my pack on one of the sides and, and just be accessible as, as I see fit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they, you know, they did a really nice job with that one too. Range finders. Range finders. This is where we get uh, kind of exciting. <laughs> so we're gonna hit on. <laughs> not that we didn't get anything exciting, but uh, I'm excited to show you guys something something brand new that's about to get oh, released okay. here. Um, and you guys will actually be the first ones to touch that here in the state. Um, which range? We'll, which one are you referring to? Well, let's just. You know, let's let it build. Let me hit I, on something I, else. I'm I mean, sorry, now that I said it. Which one were you yeah. referring to? It's <laughs> as, not It's not here. As he tucks it in his pocket. So anyway. first, first I'm going to hit on the Fury Bino. Um, for this year, we took our Fury binoculars and we upgraded the internals to make the rangefinder 5,000 yard capable. Okay. So if you remember the last two years, we had a Fury 1600, which uh, was a good unit and in its price point did very, very well. Um, but this year we took and we took that 1600 yard laser rangefinder capability and we made it uh, a 5000. Changed a few other things. The reticle changed a little bit. The internals changed a little bit. The exterior did not. Um, it is the same size. It is virtually the same weight. Um, but to have a rangefinding binocular in a 1042 HD glass configuration on the shelf at $1,200 is is quite a is quite a wave. Yep. Um, especially when you consider that electronics fall under the VIP warranty, and no matter what happens to that thing, you're covered. You're you're into a um, you're into quite one of the a things. I wanna... It just ranged to five yards. 
you'll actually, Jay, if you point that thing in your ground, you'll get point one. <laughs> Paul Neese and I actually at Cheap Show, we had a gentleman walk up and he says, what's the minimum range of these things? And I said, I'll be honest, sir, I've, I've never tried it. And he put it right on his foot and he said, well, I got point one. And I said, well, I've never had anything at point one I needed to shoot at. So he goes, I guess we're good. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was um, interesting. You know, one of the things that uh, we, and, and I, I, I've had the question before, so maybe we should tell a little history on the Fury. Mm-hmm is that Vortex used to have a line of binocular called the Furies. And that there there is some people that say, well, you know, because isn't that, you know, on the, the, the entry-level side of things? And I'm like, no, 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 no. That was, that was an old binocular. This is a new binocular. They kept the name because of the Fury, the electronics. the It all made sense. And it, it so, um, you know, great i mean just a great system yeah definitely definitely not an entry level the, the no gl- the glass no. is viper hd glass um so it is it's definitely nowhere yeah. near our i just our think that there were some people that that got confused with the fury name sure i can see and, that absolutely and and i just want to make sure that people understood it is it is not of the fury of old no and you're it saying these the, are sub 1200 they'll be right at 1200 on the shelf yeah Mm-hmm. What's neat is another thing I love about Vortex. They take a product, right? The Fury last year was sixteen hundred yards. The Fury this year is five thousand yards. The price didn't change a dime. No, it didn't. And that's that's really cool to take a product and and make it better, which justifiably could have brought a higher price with it. Just discontinue the old, bring in the new, and and make it better is, is such a cool. I think that just speaks to the heart of the company. It's such a cool idea. CR two batteries. CR two just yep. typical. Yep, still does meters and yards. You can switch back and forth. Um, it has the HCD mode, which will compensate for angles. So you'll you'll have that angular readout um, uh, yard factored me- in. Yards, meters. Yards or meters, whatever um, you prefer. I like the dual uh, diopter settings. Yeah, so the right diopter actually focuses the range finder. Yep. Uh, so you want that image and the, the readout and the red display to be crisp. And if it's not, you need to reach up and make a quick adjustment. And then sure. the left diopter does work like a standard diopter on a binocular and give you that that ability and then one one other thing to note on that is it is right hand operation so for the the average the average american and no offense to people that are left-handed and whose parents didn't love them enough to you know make them right-handed there <laughs> you have most of us carry our bow in our left hand and so you need to use your rangefinder with the right um but it's a uh and my mom's going to listen to this and hate me because she's left-handed. But it, it does work. It does work very well for the archery hunter. So, all right. So Jay's skipping ahead on me. He grabbed the he grabbed the razor rangefinder. But I'm going to talk about I'm, those first. I'll dive into the other two. Um, last year we put out a unit called the Impact, and this is an 850 yard rangefinder. It's non-illuminated, so the display display reads black. Um, but we put this out for the people that needed, and mainly archery hunters that needed a range-finding solution um, without certain features or without illumination that weren't worried about it and that had to hit a budget. And this thing sits on the shelf at $199. Again, still fully under the the VIP warranty, just like every one of our products. Um, but hits a hits a target market of, and, and of a $199 rangefinder. It's electronics and glass. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and the warranty covers everything. I mean, it covers yeah. tripod legs, but if you read into the fine print of other people's warranties without me bashing anybody specifically, electronics are typically a downfall of a warranty. So I would encourage people to read into that as they as they look at products. Um, 
but ours are ours are 100 covered so the impact hits that hits that price point in a rangefinder it is an 850 yard capable unit on a reflective target so rough rough rule of thumb you get about half of that on a dull target like a deer or somebody wearing a sweatshirt or whatever it is sure which for the archery hunters more than enough i don't i don't have a 400 yard pin i don't know about you cody <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next in our rangefinder lineup. No, but I don't have a twenty. And my good buddy Cribs Webster's he's he's laughing at me right now as we're speaking, and and uh, he he says I should have a twenty and a thirty. I have to. I have Tell to, him to call me. I have to mention that. <laughs> the next in the in the lineup is our Ranger series, and over the years we've had a, quite a few different Ranger rangefinders over the years. Um, being the last four or five, there's been a thousand and a thirteen hundred and a fifteen hundred, and and right now all we have is the eighteen hundred. Uh, has been a great seller. It actually took a price drop recently. So what will that actually read to say, deer? Um, I have hit deer at at nine eighty. Okay, is the is the max that I've done it. Um, but truth so truth be told, rule of thumb is you'd I'd call it nine hundred or or less. Eight, eight to nine hundred is fair. I think that okay. this is the perfect moment. It's eighteen hundred. But the one thing that I love about the eighteen hundred and well in the pre in the Ranger thousand and the the thirteen hundred you know be in between those is that there is a quarter twenty screw that you can put this on a tripod and if you're using this as your long range you know shooting if you put these on a tripod you will get very consistent ranges you know out out further f- further than Absolutely. what you would normally do. Um, and then the other thing I love about I, I don't know why they don't do this or others don't, but the clip is, it's actually my favorite feature. It's stout. They work. They work great. Because it, once you take these out of your your pocket, I can clip them on my sternum strap or, and it just doesn't go anywhere. It sits close to the. T- I just it, it, I just love it. I just and, and I think I just don't know why others don't, but they they should. I mean, a lot of these bino harnesses nowadays too have little wind checker pockets or something on the side where yep. you can clip it on there and not even worry about it. You know, if you if you have it in your pocket or wherever and, until say the hundred yard mark and you pull it out and get it clipped right. on and get ready for that that thirty or forty yard activity, then. So yeah, the clip the clip's very important. Super simple to use. Super simple to change. You know the modes. Good glass. Um, easy readouts. Um, fast operation, you know. Just well, you, you hit on fast operation, but now I'm going to go ahead and well, talk about that, yeah, this razor. Well, yeah, so now we can get into the others. So this razor rangefinder that, that by the time the listeners get the privilege of listening to us babble will be on the market um, is new for this year. It's a 4,000-yard capable unit, and like, like Jay kind of hit on when I first put it on the table, it is absolutely lightning fast. Um, it still has the angular compensation built in, but it's Razor HD glass. It is faster than any rangefinder we've ever put out, and it is more capable than any handheld unit that we've that we've ever so put out. So, for the people that are listening, and and I think I you know I can say this: it, it, if you are familiar with the Vortex Razor products, okay, and you and you look at the the system. And you put it in your hands; it actually looks, feels, color scheme l- like a razor product. That's, I mean, that's the first thing I notice about it. 
The second thing I noticed about it was a little bit of, uh, 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 it wasn't a huge deal, but the fact that you've taken where the quarter 20 screw goes in and that you've put an actual flat plate to it. Now when you mount it to a plate, there's no rock, there's no nothing. You don't get any turn. Um, I'm super excited about that because I just, obviously, I, I like to mount these up. Um, and again, even though you could do it on the old, you have the clip that's still visible and it can be mounted on both sides, whether you're left or right-handed. Um, and then the, the, the first and probably the most noticeable thing is, uh, is going to be really the eyepiece. So if you want to expound more and please tell us everything you can, you can tell us. Sure. I'm super excited about this piece of gear. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it as well. And, and what, what our engineers did on this eyepiece is they made it adjustable. Uh, for for eye relief, and so, oh, so just like good. on your binocular, oh, it's got, it's, it, I mean, it's got a three set. It does. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it has a it has a detent built into where you can you can adjust so that you have that perfect field of view, that perfect image when you slam this thing to your face. Um, and another notable another notable feature is that it is a seven by twenty five, and typical our rangefinders have been six six, six power. Yeah. So with that HD glass and the 7 by 25 which if, if you're going to be using it out to those distances, say, say 2,000, 3,000, that extra power is important. Uh, you yeah, know, it is. Percentage-wise, it's, it's a huge gain. So we're excited about this unit. It's going to be on the shelf at $499, um, and they are going to be shipping shortly. So Yeah, for the Go Hunt guys, um, yeah, just contact me, and we'll get you going as soon as they arrive. They should be... They won't be too long. I was playing with it before the podcast and was really impressed with how responsive it is. And it shoot what I think closest was just over five yards. We were getting five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five to two thousand, a little more than two thousand twenty five hundred on a deer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've gotten. I actually was playing with it on some rocks, and I got I got rocks and bushes at at just under three thousand. Um, I've gotten a dumpster at Lake Pleasant at at just under four thousand. It was like two yards shy. Well, um, I haven't got it to read 4K yet, but there was nothing for me to you hit, know, so I didn't. And this is a great time, and, and I, I I love to interject these little things. I, probably one of the most common questions is is that when we get these, the question will be is like, why do, why do I need a 2,700? Why do I need a 28? Why do I need 3,000? And I'm just going to tell you what I use them for. And then if you're stalking something, flat out, if I want to know how to cut the distance, mm-hmm. I love being able to range something at the longest distance possible on a big giant rock, reflective tree, target, whatever. You range it. Now I know, okay, I got to cut that distance to at least half. Right. And so, you know, whether it's fourth, I just think that the more that you have at your disposal, so if in this case, 4,000 yards, it's going to do all of the ranges that we're talking about and certainly would shoot from and then some well for like jay i mean if you have a if you have somebody that tells you hey what are you comfortable shooting well i can only shoot out to 450 yards okay well if we see that animal at, at we're at 2000 and you can then exactly. use that to find a to find a yeah, knob or a vantage point, point within that person's range that's massive hey we're going for that hill that's got the three swallows on top of it when you get there, or hey, when you get to that one, you need to be quiet. Whatever it is, it's it's a it's to me, it is more of a planning tool than an engagement for those distances. You know, to be able to say, hey, I, I just gather more data and be more. All effective. the same so. modes as the eighteen. Correct. Yep. Meters and yards, adjustable brightness, line of sight mode, or angle compensation, which awesome. it comes it comes preset on the angle compensation. Unless you're very specific, needing line of sight, I would just I'd probably leave it there, but. Um, yep, all the that, all the same stuff. I, I'm thinking 
Now, I know we're not doing... That might be one of the fastest readouts I've ever... Maybe. And the one that it reminds me the most of is... is and I don't mind... Is the the old Zeiss uh, RFs before the great rangefinder, yeah. great rangefinder, but I, that was one of the fastest to to. I mean, that I just had to go back and think about. That was one of the most fast uh, range or uh, uh, receivers that I've I've ever you know y- used. It is very quick, and I was I was shocked at how fast it was at distance. It's one thing for us to to play with it inside of two three hundred. Sure. When I was getting those quick readouts on those rocks at twenty two and twenty five hundred, I was. I mean, as a salesman, I'm just amped because I, all I have to do is pull a guy outside, yeah. show it to him, and I, I don't see too many people. I, I think that's going to be this is sweet. That's a no-brainer. I'm excited about it. Yeah, very excited about it. This yep. is that sweet is a, for sure. an easy, easy piece to be excited about right there. That is absolutely true. Well, guys, I want to take a quick second. I need to thank the sponsors of this podcast. Then we're going to do a Q and A uh, from the on my Instagram. I put out for Vortex questions. Um, Jared, I really appreciate you going through the whole line here and kind of, um, you know, giving me and the listeners kind of a breakdown and Cody, you adding to it. I want to thank the sponsors of this podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com, the optics department. Obviously, Cody, you're the optics manager. Uh, you know, GoHunt, you do an amazing job uh, filling the need of people needing information. They call and talk to you. You can walk them through. You ask them their needs. I want to thank Go Hunt, the optics department. I want to thank you, Cody, being the optics manager. Uh, obviously, I call you the glassing guru. I've known <laughs> you for 20-plus years. I want to encourage anybody that is looking for binoculars, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, anything to do with glassing, tripods, uh, to reach out to Cody Heads. Uh, you can reach Cody at 702-847-8747. That's extension 2. You can also send him an email at optics at gohunt.com. I also want to thank gohunt.com, the insider. The insider is the best Western hunting resource tool when you're looking at all of the different uh, uh, states across the West and looking to apply in different places. Uh, if you go to gohunt.com forward slash J Scott, you're going to automatically get a $50 Go Hunt Gear Shop gift card. Uh, I want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. Uh, Kuyu is the gear that I wear on all of my hunts. You can go to kuyu.com, that's K U I U.com, to find out more. I want to thank Kuyu for their sponsorship. I also want to thank Canyon Coolers based right off out of Flagstaff, Arizona. If you go to the use the JScott19 promo code at canyoncoolers.com, you're going to get a 10% discount. I also want to thank phonescope.com. If you use the JScott19 promo code, you're going to get a 10% discount. And last but not least, Onyx Maps. I use Onyx Maps every day out in the field. I even use it in my real estate business. Uh, go to onyxmaps.com, use the JScott19 promo code and you're going to get a 20% discount. Guys, I put out there to Instagram followers uh, questions. I told them I was going to be doing a podcast with you guys, so let's just dive into some of them. Sure. Awesome. These, uh, I always enjoy these. Because oh, you don't know what you're oh, going to we'll get. See. You never know. <laughs> you so know these guys are on blast. They have no idea what I'm about to ask them. But uh, what is eye relief and what is the importance of it? Well, we flip it, Kelly? Yeah, No, I, uh, I think the easiest way to it's it's – it's the distance between the, the the optic and your eye and where they meet and come together that you can see a full picture. 
and the eye cups of, of the optic t- typically help you adjust that so that it's a more automatic thing when you pull it up to your face or mount your rifle scope. Um, rifle scopes will have a longer eye box. Uh, generally, uh, spotting scope or I mean, um, uh, binoculars will have a short eye box. Um, so it, it, it depends if you're an eyeglass wearer, you're going to put the cups, the eye cups down so that you can get the 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 piece of you know the the surface of the glass closer to your eye. Um, spotting scopes are, are generally you know have a decent eye box, but at the same time it's relatively the same as a as a binocular. Uh, but it, it's uh, really quite honestly it's it's extremely important because if you have a piece of optic that you really have trouble looking at or you can't get close to or can't get near, and it's you know you're having trouble seeing through it. Um, you know, the, the, the eye relief can be a problem if it's not set up right. Okay. Um, please ask about their new rangefinder that they are teasing about <laughs> on their Instagram. I assume that's the Vortex. I'll take that one as a win. Yeah, we already no, got no. that one. We, 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 we got just, that one knocked out. We just out. hit the uh, Razor Vortex uh, uh, 4000. But really what, what should be said, guys, it's, it, I mean, literally, just everything that's in that package Please give it a look. Please give it a try. Call me. Um, I, I'm really super excited about that package. It's got everything that I think y- 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 you need. I think we covered this one. A major difference between Diamondback and Viper line scopes, but just in a general term, hit that for me. Sure. The, bi- the biggest difference is going to be glass quality. The difference between HD and non-HD glass, the Diamondback being non-HD. And then a lot of the, the rest of the price differential is going to be just simple construction, whether it be eye cups or the hinge or, or you know, internals, just the way that they're, the way that they're put together. Um, HD glass coming with a, a longer sit, less fatigue. It just all, again, depends what you're using it for. If you're behind it for a long time, HD glass is going to benefit you. If you're throwing it up, looking at something quickly and putting it down, then the Dimec may be perfect for you. Any BTX similar products coming out with Vortex? <laughs> this is where I'm going to stay in my swim lane. You um, know, I truthfully am not. It, yeah. And on the product it, development. I'll answer the question. And I, I mean, Jared can't answer the question. I don't know whether it's one, one or coming or not. But the point is, there's been a lot of people asking for this. Absolutely. I understand it. I get it. Um, I'm a proponent of it. If it happens, wonderful. Um, I would tell you that, uh, I, it would be a really neat piece of gear if we could make it happen. Um, I think that there's a calling for it. Um, I think it would be really interesting to see what Vortex could do with it. Um, I don't even know if with their given, um, eyepiece and system, if it's a possibility. I know that the other company that is making it, that's a very unique system. So, um, I, 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 Man, I'd love it if we could put something together like that because, you know, when you go back and you start talking about the 18 by 56 and and somebody not wanting to use a spotting scope if they had an option to use uh, two eyes, both eyes open, and be able to glass it at, at, at what we would consider miles instead of, you know, yards, and you start doing that, um, I, I really can't think, you know, you know, why there would, wouldn't be a reason we do it, but... I, I don't know. But to answer their question, I, I know of nothing that's coming down the pike, um, but boy, would I love to, to entertain that idea. Why make the Fury HD same quality as 
the Vipers and not the Razors? Uh, again, being staying in my swim lane and being the desert desert rat sales rep that I am, uh, my understanding was we were after a very specific price point, and and Viper HD Glass allowed us to have the clarity we needed to accomplish the mission. It worked well with the uh, range finding technology, but let us you know, in the construction of a Viper type binocular, uh, let us hit the price point that we were after. And, and that goal was to put it in as many people's hands as possible. So exactly. I, as a Western hunter, I'd love to see it in a razor. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say it's out of the realm. I can truthfully tell you, I don't know if it's going to happen. I know absolutely nothing about whether that's going to go down, but, uh, I, I have heard it quite a bit before. So I, I know that it's on Vortex's radar, but I have no idea the extent that it goes after that. What line of glass is uh, is the Vortex Fury 5000 Viper question mark, Razor question mark? It is Viper HD. What are some of the pros and cons of upgraded Razor Spotter? Um, pros is you're getting into you're getting into glass quality that allows you to sit longer, so fatigue becomes uh, less the longer um, the sit is. You can you can just sit you can just sit longer, straight, plain and simple. Um, Cons are going to be price, you know, with feature set and with improved quality comes a downfall and that downfall would be price tag. Um, but the weight is not really any different than our Viper spotters. The size is not really any different. Uh, depending on the model you're looking at, there's, there's typically a relative or corresponding product in each one. Um, and I would just add to that, both products extremely durable. They are. Um, yeah. You know, you can you can work over pretty good, and they'll they'll, take, they'll I mean, let's face it, the bigger the, the optics, they they do take a little bit heavier abuse because they they're just heavier and they get moved around and thrown around a little bit. But um, so I I think the durability is a, a good on both. They are yeah, really great on both. Spotters as a whole are are not warranted as often as as some other products, and and it's you know definitely because of the type of use. People are a whole lot more careful with big pieces of glass, sure. so we do see great results yep. from a durability standpoint. Any we got a bunch of questions on this, so we'll just ask it once and be done with it. Any word when or if they will come out with a Razor HD fifteen by fifty six? All I can say is keep saying it. We take a lot of we take a lot of pride in in listening to the consumer and what they're after. Um, as education becomes, you know, we hit on this earlier, as education comes out and as glassing techniques come out, that call has been more and more consistent for that product. Um, I don't know that it's coming. I, I truthfully do not. But as a Western guy who lives in Arizona, I would I would welcome it with open arms well, for sure. I'm going to say it both from, from that perspective and the fact that I sell optics. Um, boy, do I welcome that. Uh, I, I I can't think of anything that that would would be a really good zip to the market, and I think you know they could sell a ton of units that way. I mean, I, I think there's a ton of people who would jump on board with a 15 razor. We in we a have you know if you kind of look at the Fury or look at that razor rangefinder, and I know that's been in development for a long time. Our team is smart, so there's no doubt that that things like that or like the BTX or whatever it is, products that people are asking for. There's no doubt that it's on on a whiteboard somewhere in the in the deep dark depths of Vortex HQ. You know, but our guys are such perfectionists; it just may take some time. You one just of never the, know. One of the things, you know, Jared and, and you know, you and I have known each other a while, and you. I think the 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 Razor series, and and I'm even excited about the way that the the, the new rangefinder feels, and and the way that the when they set this binocular up, I can honestly say that, and you know, Jay, we were talking about your first pair of binoculars last time, and it was a 1040 Zeiss, the old classics, 
and I think that that's an iconic. That's a that's like you know kind of a rite of passage kind of a deal. You know, it's kind of that my first memory of 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 you know chess glass and the razors and they embody that. There, there's a feel to them. There's an ergonomic to them. There's there's that. It, it's not a heavy fat. Um, you know, uh, uh, padding. It doesn't feel that way. They're they're lightweight, but yet they're it's there's a a, a solidness to they're them. Stout. Mm-hmm. They're st- exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that man, if they could do a fifteen with that and keep that 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 thought to them, you know, that kind of presence, I think you I, I think you'd sell a ton of them. I'm with you. So, I, I pass it on here. to the 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 R and D boys. I will. I've accumulated quite a bit of dirt and scratches on mine. What's the warranty repair policy with Vortex? We'd be happy to refresh them for you and, and replace anything that is uh, that's damaged or that needs that needs some love on our on our website. There's a service repair form. So VortexOptics.com. Um, last I checked, it was located at the top right, but we just released a new website, so don't hold me to that. But there is a service request form. It gives you all the instructions on where to send it, how to send it, what to write on the box, what to write on the label, etc. And we'd be happy to take a look and, and get it get it back to uh, optimal working order. Biggest differences between the Razor and Viper line from Binos to Spotters, and you covered a bunch of that. Yeah, but it's, just in it's, general, terms. it's really in the in the the glass quality and the construction of some of the internals. I keep or excuse me, eyepiece construction, um, just the way that it interfaces internally is is just a different different optical system. Is there go- let's see. How are the vultures compared to the other models? So the vulture is another another line where we had a target, and that target was to get a broad spectrum of the market into a 15 power bino without breaking the bank. Uh, and so that vulture in that in that 500-ish price range to be able to to you know effectively look and and glass at distance was was the goal. Is it is it the the biggest baddest brightest or you know no it wasn't intended to be it was intended to let people get involved and if you find that you needed something better then great let's let's go for it but um truth be told the vultures are back ordered seven days a week and they sell incredibly well because because of that target market and the fact that we did successfully accomplish hitting it so is vortex coming out with a true zero stop locking turrets I, I guess I'd love to have a conversation with that individual because um, that could go a couple ways. The G- Razor Gen 2 does have a integrated hard zero stop, and it does have a locking turret. So I guess from an initial view, I would say we do have it. Vortex Kayabab, why only 18 power now and not 15? That's, that's out of my swim lane, to be perfectly honest. Uh, it goes back to trying to shake up the market from my point of view, but... I'd have to. I'd have I, to I think what you said about the, you know, kind of trying to, to, you know, set itself apart and, and hit kind of a niche and, you know, those binoculars are either, you know, for somebody that, uh, that, you know, that doesn't, uh, doesn't like spotting scopes and they need just that extra little power. Um, you know, quite frankly, I really think that they should give them a look. Going sheep hunting next year, what magnification do I need in my spotter? I would actually turn that question to you, Jay, with your <laughs> with your background. I haven't had well, the I haven't had the good fortune of of getting on a sheep hunt. You know, I, th- I I think I think that, that it gets thrown into two different categories. It's super lightweight. It's super lightweight, or is it? You know, wh- I mean, I really think that it always c- comes down to that. And 
you know, if you're into the digiscoping and you want the best quality pictures and and you have to see things at, at the longest distances, I think a guy has to look at the, the, the bigger optics. I, I just, I'm sorry. I just think that that's the way to look at it. Right. Um, but if you're going to go lightweight, um, you know, some guys get down to that and they realize, oh, well, you know, wait a minute. You know, maybe when I turn the power all the way up, it's not as... You know, so what? What do you want? Right. There's, there's, and and I think that's the thing that needs to be said about that. There's compromises and trade-offs with no matter what decision you make. So, if you want all the bells and whistles, you're going to have to pay for it in a little bit of weight. But if you want to trim down, you're gonna you're gonna lose a little bit of that maybe low light or or whatnot. So, um, yeah, I, I think it comes down to weight more than it does. And and that's kind of where I was going to go. Uh, at Sheep Show, we had quite a few guys stop by and and grab that little razor and say how they wish well, they had that on their hunt, and they gave you know very specific explanation of why. And so that that little eleven to thirty three definitely has its place in the world, depending on what else you're taking with you. Sure. I I could certainly see having a, a bigger spotter at camp or on on a generic area, and then keeping that straight in the in the pack for the for the climb. Best use for eighteen power kibabs. Western hunting. West, yeah, what, what, yeah, yeah. I mean, mine's Western hunting, and, and especially, I keep going back to it. The guy that doesn't want to look through a spotting scope and yeah. and wants to use that power in and let that dog walk a little bit. Guys, um, we could probably go here till we're blue in the face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, we, have you got more, Jay? You've hit some. Keep them coming, baby. You've hit some good questions here. Uh, I want to take a second here and thank you, Jared, for your time for spending you know, a great amount of time going through the whole Vortex line. I know the listeners, they love hearing about it. And, um, Cody, it's always great having you on Thank as you, well. Jay, for the opportunity. Want to mm-hmm. give both of you a chance. If you have any final thoughts, any final conclusions. Um, no, I, I, I think, uh, you know, look, Jared and I are, are working hard at, uh, at some new, you know, footprints for us. Uh, you know, me being new, you know, with Go Hunt now, you know, I, I haven't even been there a year yet. Um, you know, I'm learning, I'm learning our customers and, and we're learning what mix of SKUs and, and things make most sense for us. And, uh, and, and I would just ask that people give us an opportunity to present to them the, you know, the best products that we can. And, and Vortex is going to be a large part of that. I can just tell you that right now. So no, it's, Jared, it's I, I just choice. appreciate Thank you. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, mean, I appreciate the invite. I appreciate the time and, and the, uh, the education piece is huge. And a lot of times products get overlooked simply by the lack of education. So, um, you know, between go hunt and, and you, Jay, giving us the time, we, we truthfully appreciate it. Well, I think sometimes too, when you have a vast line, you have a bunch of different products. Some can get lost if you don't talk about them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Know, I think you did a really good job. Uh, moving forward with the um, Arizona applications coming up here in June <laughs> for deer. I know you're a big deer hunter, too, as well. Are you going to be focused more on archery deer, or are you going to be focused on rifle? I am going to be focused on archery. Yeah. I will do. you put in for a rifle deer hunt, too? Uh, or I probably will not this year. Um, and like I said, with that baby coming, if I don't draw a tag of a lifetime type stuff, I'm going to try to save my marriage and stay home just at least for this season. So... Swinging for the fence. That's where I'm yeah. at. This <laughs> is the, maybe when you'll draw the 13B tag well, or something. And and my wife will understand that. She yeah. she gets it and she can read it on my face if it's something kind of once in a lifetime. She'll she'll be supportive. So hey, I, I know what I'm going to do for this year's draw. I'm sure. Let me fill your application. No, 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 no. Well, I, I'm going to have somebody check my applications okay, and make yeah. sure I fill that out right. Good. I don't yeah. think there's a toe tag you got to worry about though. <sighs> There's never a time in my life that I would think that that mistake would ever have happened. 
I'm not you. kidding you. I, thirty. It's thirty or thirty-one years. I, I I was counting. Like you are the most meticulous person I know. Oh, I. So you just own it like a badge, don't you? Why not? <laughs> I've heard everybody else make mistakes. It was my time. I guess so. I took I took one for the team, not giving my own <laughs> <tag>. <laughs> or giving my my late white tail tag for next. No, I. You know what? I'll take a sheep tag. Awesome. Guys, thanks for coming on. Thanks for uh, sharing with us. Uh, listeners out there, really appreciate all of the uh, listener support that you guys give this podcast. I uh, really appreciate the response that you give me through email, through direct message. If you do want to send me an email, you can send it to jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. You can also send me a direct message on Instagram. That's at jscottoutdoors. Love hearing from you. Uh, we're going to go pile up the turkeys here in mexico so you uh if you're wondering where i'm at you can check the uh, j scott outdoors instagram page also my gould's turkey hunt so it's at gould's turkey hunt to kind of keep up with what we're doing and uh, again uh, god bless all the listeners god bless you guys and look forward appreciate to uh, Thanks, the next episode jay as usual again appreciate the opportunity this is um, you know, this is a platform that we're going to kind of keep working with and keep doing. And I know we have other stuff that you and I are working on too. So, uh, I just appreciate the opportunity. It means a lot. It, you, you, you really do help more than you know. Awesome. All right, guys. Yep. Well said. <laughs>